sure. There we go. Well, thank you for uh, today. Thanks for all the people that have come, uh, especially uh, visitors that have been a part of my life. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> it's really interesting how genetics works. Um, he, he is my biological brother. Uh, and somehow when all the you know, all the traits get passed down or whatever. He got like a thousand percent of the compassion gene and I got zero. So <laughs> that's, just, that's just how it works. Um, seriously, thank you guys. This, this is not uh, my comfort zone. Um, as a coach, you know, you're supposed to, I'm supposed to put my players in a position to to be successful and they are the ones that shine, you know. If if, uh, if it goes south, you know it's my job to wear that, and that's the coach's fault. Um, if your parents in here, you know that, right? Um, but if things go well, it's all about the players, and and as a pastor, is no different. If you know, it's it's to bring glory to God. It's not to bring glory to me. So please remember that today. Uh, it's it's not about me, but. Uh, If there was one thing that I would tell you, it's kind of off the cuff, and then we'll we'll get into my message. But if, if there's one thing that I would tell you, it's that uh, regardless of what you hear, see, or or uh, other people say, I am a very simple man, <laughs> very simple, and uh, there's nothing there's nothing special about me. Um, it's just ask my wife. Like I'm very simple. Uh, so if you look, if I look back on my life and I can see kind of what Dale was talking about, just ways, the situations that God has put me in. Um, just teaching. I've cried like six weeks straight in the floor, but I'm going to stop today. But uh, <laughs> Just, just teaching, and as a, you know, like as a coach, I've spoken in front of rotary groups. I've spoken just different places that I've had to speak. Teaching, I've had to teach. I started out teaching middle school. There was one year that I even taught a kindergarten class. You, if you know me, you know what disaster that probably was. Um, taught high school. So just all these different ways that God was preparing me that I didn't even know. And the the point the point is that he does the same thing with you. I'm I'm not special. Just be faithful. So uh I do want to thank my wife. It's been a long three and a half years. Um, I would, I would categorize myself as a, as a learner. Like I don't, I don't mind school. I enjoy school, and I'm sick of school. <laughs> um, and she, she, she has. 
she didn't complain one time. I've done plenty of complaining, but she hasn't complained once. To me. <laughs> um, I, just like Dale said, I, man, I've had a lot of people ask me in the past, in the past couple months, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, and if you want to ask me that question, it's not going to hurt my feelings. You can ask away. But the answer that you're going to get is, I don't know. Um, I didn't. I didn't ask to be in this position. I didn't ask to be here. It wasn't on my radar. <laughs> Seminary wasn't. I mean, I never even had that thought. Um. You know, Della said many times we just wanted your wife to sing and we asked you to come along, and that's that's a thousand percent truth. Um, it was not on my radar, but at the same time, um, I'm a competitor. I like to think of myself at least at one point in my life as an athlete. That's slowly fading. Um, but if I'm in, I'm in. And I remember thinking, I didn't, I didn't think a ton. I, I remember Dell asked me the other day, well, man, how much did y'all think about making that decision? Like, you want us like, I don't, we didn't even talk about it very much. I was just like, let's do it. Um, and coming to Plant Girl Harvest, but I remember thinking to myself at, at one point, if I'm going to do this, I, I need to do it as well as I can. And so, you know, I thought about seminary, toured seminary, how am I going to pay for seminary? And, uh, you know, God opened some doors, and it was kind of like, oh, I guess I, I got to go now. Um, and so that's what I did. And uh, he, he's right. I don't, just to maybe disappoint some of you and put others of you at ease. Like I have, I'm not in a hurry to leave. I'm not looking to go anywhere. I'm not looking for, you know, bigger, better opportunity, whatever that means. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not looking for more money. No, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not. And uh, there's some things in my mind, you know, just like every one of you. I mean, there's some things in my mind that are like, you know, if this opportunity happened, it would be, be pretty cool. This, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. Um, I, I, I know me better than anybody in here knows me. And uh, I can be... I could be really selfish. (laughs) 
so I'm trying. I'm trying to pray. God, where do you want me? Where do you want to use me? As opposed to, I want to do this. Open that door. Maybe those will merge, or maybe they won't. But uh, I just, I'm just trying to be faithful. So, so I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> You're probably aware, very well aware of that. <laughs> but, um, so Dale asked me to speak, and uh, he said you got like 15 minutes. So that's kind of hard. For a preacher, you got 15 minutes, but here we go. So, I want to talk this morning just about e- extraordinary things, and uh, you know, just kind of sitting back and thinking. I had a fleeting thought of, okay, so this ordination, like, what am I supposed to talk about to weave it in with ordination? And after about 15 seconds, I threw that out the window and thought, you know, the job of a pastor is. You speak what God speaks. So, this may, in your mind, work with ordination, and maybe it won't. But I think this is what God's been working on me, and uh, where we're supposed to go. So, if you got a Bible, you can turn it to Luke 5. Uh, it will be in verses 17 through 26. And uh, just talk about extraordinary things. And this is a passage that is probably very familiar to you. uh, Where Jesus heals the the paralytic. It says, on one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold... Some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies, who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts, which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. So I was reading. I was reading through Luke uh, recently, and this passage just stuck out at me. And, and sometimes we have a tendency we read scripture and we we see things that we never saw before. And this is, like I said, this is a very well known passage. This is a Sunday school passage. Like you probably learned this story in Sunday school. Some of you, if you're, I'm 41. If you're my age or older, you may have saw this on a felt board in Sunday school. Um, but I but I always read this story with a with a focus on Jesus, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what recently stood out to me was the friends of this paralyzed man, and I think there's some lessons that we can learn this morning about being faithful 
from these friends. And there, there's one sentence, if you underline or write in your Bible, there at the beginning it says, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. I want, I want you to make a note of that, because we're going to come back to that. But it says, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. There, there's something interesting going on there. But first I want to think about these friends, and a, and a couple of things that really define or categorize these friends that should also categorize categorize and define who we are and the first is that they knew jesus undoubtedly they knew jesus and and by this time of of this story jesus had already begun his ministry so word traveled around he was healing many he was drawing large crowds he was teaching and if we read between the lines it's difficult for us to not believe that these men had already they already had an encounter with jesus on, on some level, okay, I refuse to believe that it was just word of mouth. They had, they, had, they had heard him, they'd heard about him, but I think they had seen him work as well, up close and personal. They'd seen him heal, and they knew what he was capable of. So they knew who Jesus was, they knew what Jesus was capable of, and they were drawn to him. And, and here's what I want you to take away from that. What they knew of Jesus demanded a response that moved beyond their individual self. What they knew of Jesus demanded a response that moved beyond their individual self. And the second thing about these individuals is that their priorities were changed. This is what kind of stood out to me as I read this and just and tried to think through it. But it's easy for us to forget that these men were normal, everyday men with normal, everyday lives, just like you and just like me. They had responsibilities. They had obligations. Just like me, they had things that they wanted to do. I had something today that I wanted to do. In other words, they had a personal agenda. They had a to-do list, just like you have a to-do list. But when they encountered Jesus, their personal agenda took a back seat. Their priorities were changed. Life, all of a sudden, life became about more than their desires or even their own lives. They dropped what they were doing on this given day in order to make sure that the impact Jesus had made on their lives was extended to their friends. So what they knew of Jesus demanded that their priorities change. What they knew of Jesus demanded that their priorities change. And then the third thing, I, I think back to a couple of uh, times I was up here ago, we were in Philippians, and the, the words of Paul in Philippians 3 have really struck me. In, in verses 10 and 11, Paul says that I may know him, he's speaking of Jesus, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible... I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul was determined to attain the resurrection from the dead by any means possible. Again, if you highlight in your Bible, I think 
You have to highlight that phrase, by any means possible. In other words, whatever it took, whatever it cost. Paul said earlier that to him the world, it was rubbish, it was garbage. And he was after the resurrection from the dead by any means possible. And what we see from these three friends is the very same thing. What they knew of Jesus demanded a response that moved beyond their individual self and demanded that their priorities change by any means possible. Just looking at the story, they weren't easily deterred. Verse 19 tells us they couldn't find a way to bring their friend into the house. So you imagine the scene. They get to the house. It's crowded. There's a crowd outside. There's a crowd inside. There's no way in. There's no way, if it was just me, I could try to fight my way through the crowd. But I've got my paralyzed friend here. With, there's no way that we can get him through all of these people. They couldn't find a way to bring their friend into the house. They could have easily walked away, but they didn't. They were determined to bring their friend to Jesus. By any means possible. Here's where it gets interesting. These men, they didn't necessarily bring their friend to Jesus that he might be spiritually healed. They just wanted him to be able to walk. But that's not what he came to do. That wasn't Jesus' primary purpose. Jesus came to heal spiritually. Listen, listen to, how do we know that? Well, listen to his response. Listen to Jesus' response as they drop this guy through the roof. It says, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. You've got to ask yourself the question, is that, a, is that an out-of-place comment? Did that come way out of left field? That doesn't make any sense. The scribes and the Pharisees thought it didn't make any sense. They were actually offended because with that comment, Jesus was essentially declaring that he was divine. He was declaring that he was God. But with that statement, Jesus makes, Jesus makes it clear that he's there to heal spiritually. So we have to ask the question, well, if he was there to heal, heal spiritually, then, then why did he heal physically? In verses 23 and 24, Jesus says, Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? He says, and then he says, you want to know the answer to the question to why I'm, why I'm healing physically? I'll tell you. He says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he looked at the man that was paralyzed. And he said, get up. Take your bed and go home. So why did he heal physically? So that people would recognize his authority and know that he could back the statement up that he could forgive sins. So what's the point? Well, you go all the way back to verse 17. 
and what I told you to make a note of earlier. On one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Now, nothing seems to stand out there. That seems to fit the story, and I don't think that that phrase, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal, I don't think it misses the point. But some manuscripts say the following instead. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. I like that better. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. What's the power of the Lord? The power of the Lord is Jesus. And he was present to heal them. Do you see how we just, we just read right past it? the power of the Lord is Jesus and he was present to heal them you have to ask the question who is them and and prior to this the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are referenced so the them is a direct reference to those teachers and also, I believe, a direct reference to all that were present. So here's another question. You can't just read. You've got to read. So here's the other question. Was everyone present lame or sick? The physical answer is No. But the spiritual answer is yes. While Jesus is capable of healing physically, he came to heal spiritually. To bring salvation to all. Look at verse 26. So we go from the beginning to the end. Look at verse 26. This is the aftermath. It says, And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God, and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. All of them were filled with awe. Why? Well, obviously, the obvious answer is because of the things that Jesus did right in front of their eyes. But we have to go back to the friends of the paralytic as well. All that were present on this day were amazed and glorified God, not only because of what Jesus did, but also because of what these friends did. Because if these friends didn't go out of their way to bring the paralytic, what happens? What they knew of Jesus demanded a response that moved beyond their individual selves and demanded that their priorities change by any means possible. Their number one priority was to bring their friend to Jesus. (laughs) 
So here's the question. I've asked you a lot of questions, but here's the question for today. Do we do the same? If we have a relationship with Jesus, it demands a response. It's not optional. Our relationship with Christ demands a lifestyle that needs to be lived. It's this same response that was demonstrated by the friends of the paralytic. Does your relationship with Christ move you to advance beyond your individual self? Does your relationship with Christ move you to change your priorities? And does your relationship with Christ move you to do so by any means possible? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for good people. Lord, I pray that through all of this, through this place, that you be glorified. I pray that we would be a changed people. A changed people that would move beyond ourselves, that would change our priorities, regardless of the cost, so that others might be brought to you. Lord, may, may those thoughts invade our minds as we leave this place this morning and come to light every opportunity we have in the coming week to point somebody to you, regardless of the cost. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. the stress is off of you my friend um there's no doubt with a crowd this size that there could be potentially a person here that does not know christ and we heard this morning the the word from from these men god speaking through his word that they brought him to christ so someone may have brought you here today maybe you think you know christ or know something of christ but you don't know him know him the bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But many of us go through our life day after day never confessing that he is Lord or believing in your heart that you need saving from the dead. But the Bible says that you're born dead in your trespasses and sin and that without Christ you have no possible way. He is the only gate, the only doorway that allows entrance into heaven and access to the Father. The Father desires that all men would be reconciled to him and he sent his son, Jesus, to be the reconciler to draw all men to himself. So if today, if you're here and you've heard the word, then you are more guilty than any man if you reject it. Because you'll have the opportunity today to be saved, and it's completely up to you to open your heart. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens up, I will enter in and sup with him. But you have to do the opening. He's knocking at your heart. You're convicted in spirit. You know that you know that there's no way you can save yourself. Today can be the day of your salvation. Don't leave here today without making the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. It's going to get harder to find Christ as the world gets worse. So you're here in a blessed place this morning, a time to hear the word and to be blessed by God to hear a good message like that. A friend has brought you today to hear the message. 
Do not miss the opportunity today. If you'd like to accept Christ today, there's countless people here. Jed, me, William, Sarah, any of these ladies, any of these people here, any of these deacons that you saw up here this morning, even Dave, his brother and his father would be glad to be the one to lead you to the, to the throne room today and, and, um, and give you a new life in Christ, okay? So don't escape this place because you're not escaping with your life. You're going to lose it. Dave, I want to give you a blessing today. Before we go, come here, my friend. I got a picture of me and Dave in this one bathroom in Africa, and Dave entered the door right there. It was perfect for him, but it was like right here on me. It was bad on pictures when I stand beside people this house. Get down here. Or, you know. But I wanted to um, give you a blessing, not that I'm Moses, but I really think highly of you, Dave, and, and we've seen your witness and your message to others and, and your work, man. Uh, you can't put too much work on this guy. You've got to tell him what you want. He's not going to take it on. You're like, Dave, you got to go preach at the mission this week, and he'll go. But here's the blessing that Moses gave to Joshua. It says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. And um, I don't know how God puts different things in our lives and directs us and makes us end up where we are. I don't know how I got here either, Dave. But um, I'm sure that he has big plans ahead of you for the ministry of the gospel that you're doing already. And we're, real, we're just super proud of you. And, and young people of this church, look at this guy as an example. Um, don't let your high school uh, be wasted be an evangelist in high school. Don't let your college years be wasted or, or, your, or, or consider going to seminary or consider uh, being used for the gospel ministry like our man here. Um, don't waste those young years. I do got a little present for you, Dave. It's very little. I got a better one at home. I brought you some uh, uh, roast beef. Come here, Strong. Somebody going to take a picture. You get on that side so he looks really, really tall. And uh, let's scooch over here and give Dave a picture here. But uh, certificate of ordination, it says that we ordained you from Plant Grove Harvest, sir. And uh, they had another one, and it had this guy who was laid back on a couch, and another guy was washing his feet. And I thought that might be a little too uh, free will Baptist for you, so we're going with this one right here today. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. And I do, I got you some uh, brisket from the great state of Texas, well smoked, and some smoked sausages in honor of your day, but I'll, I'll have to give it to you another day because I left it in the freezer so it'd be fresh for you. Let's pray together. Make sure you, uh, let, me, let me tell you this, here's the mission. When we get done with praying, you're going to get up, you're going to go through that back door, but not all of you, just the Dave Pritchard and Associates family right here is going to go first, if you would, and lead us through that door. We're going to go in the back, get the food, and come into the middle and sit today, okay? I know we're doing a little different, but, but uh, let the Pritchards go through first. And uh, make sure you come by and give Dave a hug and a, and a kiss. All right? Father, this morning we are so grateful for your goodness to us. Uh, for this message this morning, it, it was a good message, Lord. Your peace is on this place, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit fills this, the oil of this lamp, this church, plant the harvest, Lord. I pray that you do not remove your spirit from us. I pray that you pour your spirit out on, on um, Dave today. I, I pray that you fill him to overflow and that it just... It's sprinkling out everywhere as he goes that people are brought to Christ and, and led to your throne through his witness and his, and, his, uh, and his preaching, his testimony, Lord. I pray for his family. 
I pray for this place, Lord. I pray for these that have come today that's heard the word, Lord. I pray that the word won't leave here void, that it won't just stop with those who heard it today, but they'll go out and tell others of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the food and the hands that prepared it. Thank you for the raising for the father and mother of Dave that brought him to the throne room and taught him who Jesus was and, and made him the first steps, gave him these first steps towards uh, who he is today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, again for everything you've provided for us, for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, hold on. Man, I love you, man. Hey, hold on. Hang on, hang on. Jed, a few pastors and the wives of the pastors would come and stand down front here. Okay. Yeah, just go with it. You thought you were up done. <laughs> okay. We are done. You look scared. Come here, Jed. <laughs> Sarah, Whitney, Jed. You guys pray Renata. for people. Get them all broke up. And then... Well, as they're coming up, we, we truly are blessed here at Plant Grow Harvest to have these men that um, lead us as pastors. We are presenting them with some gifts today. And... Um, Pete and Tracy did a real good job. We tried to keep this secret. I don't know if they had any idea about this. But um, the church is giving them a financial gift. There's other items in there. But Tracy and Pete was going around asking for, you know, if you want to write a letter to them, if you want to also uh, give above and beyond what our church is giving. And... I guess I was blown away with the uh, what we received for you guys because it it shouldn't uh, surprise me because you guys are a generous church and you bless abundantly and too many times I think we limit what the Lord can do so we just want to let you guys know that we're thankful for you and we love you and we appreciate all that you do I know um, many times you spend hours studying preparing for your message for music and um, it doesn't go unnoticed and um, Dave mentioned earlier a few weeks ago about tent makers you're our tent makers you make an income outside of plant grow harvest and um, I guess that's good you can step on our toes and we can't really cut your pay but um, but I hope you enjoy the gifts financial gifts, but I think you'll really enjoy the letters from our church. And let us pray before we uh, dismiss here for food. And just pray a blessing upon them. Father, we thank you for these men and their wives, these tent makers. But we just ask a blessing upon them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Lord, pray for shields for the evil one's arrows that may come at them. Lord, I pray that you'd fill them with love knowledge and wisdom understanding father that through blessing them father they can bless us with your word and reveal things to us father as we uh, dismiss here lord i want to challenge our congregation to pray for these men and women and their families father pray for their strength pray for their courage pray against sickness and disease father and pray that they be blessed abundantly and pray that many spiritual gifts that you can bestow upon them father will be magnified and that they can proclaim your word not only here in cumberland county but across the world Lord, we love you and we need you we're so thankful for the food we're about to eat and Lord, we ask that that be a blessing to us to our bodies so that we can be of service to you this week it's in the name that is above all names our lord and our savior jesus christ amen <laughs>